Hi. Hello. Hi. How's everyone doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm doing so well. Jesse, how are you over there? Oh, he nodded. <laughs> the void is silent, Jesse. Um, who are we sitting with? Who's... We're sitting with Dan, our very special guest, Dan. Dan. Hi, Dan. Hello, everyone. How are you feeling? I'm feeling amazing today. I'm actually having a wonderful day. Great. And well... I keep moving away from the microphone. <laughs> Thanks for joining in. Um, and welcome everyone at home or in the car or jogging or masturbating to Do, Do You, you queer? queer? What I Queer. And that's Elliot. And that's Tom. And we're Dickwick. And uh, listen, you can find us on iTunes. You can. You should probably subscribe. You should rate and review. Subscribe, rate, review. Just those things. Like, those things count for us. Yeah. So if you're like, hey, what am I like? I guess I can. You can listen. You can continue listening right now and well, actually go into it. Yeah. And like as I'm speaking, be like, oh, rate five stars and yep. like review like hey uh, I like what I listen to yeah exactly something more eloquent because recently it's been brought to our attention that some of you might not complete the whole episode in which we tell you to subscribe <laughs> so we'll just say it off the bat fair enough listen Thomas look Elliot look at Dan hey Dan hey Dan hey um, so, well, let's let's just jump in. We let's discuss how we're all feeling today through our color. Elliot, would you like to take it away? Sure. Um, my color today is a lime green because oh. I feel a little bit sick. Lime? With... Do you have Lyme disease? Yeah, I do. No, I don't. I don't know why I was so excited about that. Um, Are you Avril Lavigne?ing I have. Did she have Lyme disease? I think she has Lyme disease. And Confirm? she's apparently dead, but alive. Is she? I don't know. She has that like Lyme weird disease? body double, not body double. Oh, Jesse, I read you guys that. heard about this? I, yeah, yeah, Can yeah. you check on this uh, Lyme disease first? Yeah. It's a conspiracy theory that um, Avril Lavigne was swapped. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that she's of, yeah, yeah, that she died a few years ago and that she's been swapped out for some sort of body double yeah. who appears in public on her behalf. All right, someone get Napanee on the phone. Yeah, or her late behalf. Out. Also one of my other favorites, sorry, tangent, but She's dead? <laughs> <laughs> Jesse was just nodding. <laughs> confirmed it's a sorry, body double. Confirmed that she's alive with Lyme disease. Oh, oh, she's Richard Gearing. Listen, Lyme's not a laughing matter, people. We're um, not laughing at the fact that she has Lyme disease. We're laughing at the fact that she, that that she this was swapped. That this conspiracy exists. Yeah. Get Lyme out of the limelight. Just like the conspiracy that um, yes. JonBenet Ramsey is Katy Perry. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I never heard That's of my this favorite one, and one. I'm obsessed yeah. with it's it immediately. Good. I need to watch this it's documentary. It's pretty good. It's <laughs> literally no sense because she was murdered. Like, that's not... <laughs> that's terrible because she's, like, a dead five-year-old, but... Like Katy Perry, <laughs> wonderful. I mean, she's really turned around. Oh, she's, yeah, Boulder's <laughs> one hell of a town. I've heard yeah. oh, she's okay. really come up. <laughs> so your color is Lyme disease. No laughing is matter. Lyme disease green because no, it's Lyme green because I'm so sick of saying this. But like, I was gonna lie coming here, but honesty is our policy yeah. on Dickwick, and yeah. I did that thing that expression. <laughs> Dan, no bag rustling. <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing my best. Jesse, not to rustle make, his like, bags for her. Sound. Yeah, we have a professional bag rustler over there. <laughs> hey, I'm sensitive to microphones. Okay. 
Oh my god, yeah. Oh, speaking of affliction. Okay, go on, go on. Too excited. Okay. Honesty, haven't been feeling super great lately. I've been pretty okay. anxious. And so lime green uh, is like that sicky kind of feeling. It's like sick to my eyes. Because I did that thing where you... What's the expression? Count your chickens before they've hatched? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because last week I was like, by the time this comes out, I'll have finished my thesis. And like, I feel so good about that. Little did I know I would get my thesis returned to me basically entirely in red with the comment just being like, basically rewrite this. Um, so. I'm so sorry. Thanks. Um, I mean, honestly, what my friend said is like, if grad school was easy, you wouldn't be learning and I'll be stronger from this and it's fine. But I've been, like, massively anxious lately. Right. So I'm so happy to be sitting here with you guys, because no. it's going to be amazing. I'm glad I can potentially help alleviate that anxiety. You I'm, already are helping, aw. so. Uh, I would like to cause more. Okay, sure. <laughs> Just your presence, honestly, is a trigger for me. Thank you. Um, uh, my color today... Oh, wait, did you have something more to say on that? No, continue. Oh, Go. okay. My color today is, like, a bright golden yellow, much like the color of the shirt that Dan is wearing. Um, just because, uh, fuck it, I just, you know, this summer was really hard and busy, and I feel like I've almost gotten through it. Yay. And I've succeeded, sorry, not to rub it in. No, no, no. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm proud, hey, I'm yeah, proud of you. Okay, yeah. No, I just feel like, good, and I've succeeded, and people, ha- people are good. That came out strangely. But, um, I had a sort of a revelation last week, where it's like, I'm slogging along, slogging along, and all these, like, different things that I do and um, and I approach every new situation or new task with sort of like a begrudging like you know trod and now it's I, I, I was like oh there's lots of people there to help me and all these different things that I do I'm not alone like there are people who want me to succeed and who are going to help me out with that in literally everything and so what the hell am I doing ask for help mm-hmm, of course or, that's like one of the toughest lessons to learn yeah mm-hmm. ask for help or like you know or or lean on somebody say hey I'm not doing so well and people like more often than not are gonna try to help you if you ask for it or not yeah and it, it's just really great like we had a soccer gay soccer barbecue and everything went really well and I just felt really community community love love and then Shakespeare in the park happened and my students were so amazing and queer and like I'm so proud of them and they did it they did it I I was going into that process being like oh I have to do this 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 and this and this it's like no it's a collaborative process and they're really excited about it and they're gonna be great because they want to be great like no one wants anyone to fail here So. That was so much positivity. Yeah, I don't even really know, know what to do. I was like a little overwhelmed me by it. Me too. That's my like golden yellow. I'm calling it right now. If you don't let me be the Gail to your newfound Oprah, then I'm totally walking away from this project. I no longer <laughs> want I considered to... you my Gail long ago. That's so sweet. Okay. Okay, we're done with the sap. <laughs> Dan, what's I just your... want to also chime in really quickly and say that there has been a heat warning issued in downtown Toronto, where we are right now. Yes. It does feel like 41 degrees outside, yes. and inside it feels even hotter. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're sweating all a lot. Mm-hmm. And so just, at listeners at home, just really breathe that in. Yeah. yeah. Smell our stank. And appreciate it so much that Tom actually had to lend me a t-shirt or whatever, sports jersey <laughs> to wear <laughs> because the outfit I brought to, to record this was way too warm for me. Oh. Yet fabulous. Mm. Yet fabulous. I mean, I, I try. What's your color? Um, 
my color today, I really gave this a lot of thought. Uh, my color, and I think, I hope you'll allow me to give this color, is diamond. <gasps> um, of course. We've had some other guests that have had rainbow as a color. You guys both had almond on the same day. <laughs> I was obsessed with that. Um, but my color today is diamond for a multitude of reasons. One of which being uh, today, I would say, is one of the rare days where I feel sparkling and shimmering. Uh, just because I don't even know why nothing really happened, you know, to to cause this. But I I just feel sparkling today, so I thought I would be diamond. I'm also riding the high of having watched Crazy Rich Asians um, last week, mm. and uh, yeah. So I just how thought many I'd of those do- words describe you? Um, two and a half. Well, actually, one and a half. <laughs> to, be, to be real, yeah, technically one and a half. Um, so yeah. you're crazy rich. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just crazy and half Asian. <laughs> um, yeah, so th- I would say that's why I'm Diamond today. And in fact, I dress a little theme today since I don't know if you want to introduce the topic or... Uh, why don't you introduce how you dressed? Okay, And we'll, well see how that... <laughs> so today I dressed, um, I wore some of my best jewels. I wore my fanciest watch. Um, I wore all black, including a bandana, um, which is ninja-esque. I'm just trying to be theme here in terms mm-hmm. of like the crazy rich Asians. Um, I've, I've asked... Tom, Tom emailed me with like, if I had any beverage requests, and I thought soju would be appropriate for the occasion. Uh, yeah, no, today is just a theme kind of day. I love oh, it. Diamonds and soju. I need to step my fucking game up. There's yeah. so much positivity. <laughs> diamonds going on. are like, uh, you know what? I, I can I can I pile on this? Please do. I feel like diamond is is a great color for you because you are one of the hardest people that I know in terms of like you are unflinching. Oh yeah, no. And so like, <laughs> Ask I would never want you like around that. my car because you would just like slice the side of it. <laughs> yeah, probably. I would key that shit with my eyes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really turned on right now and I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> I shouldn't have worn soccer shorts. Uh, I don't know. Listen, Elliot, hard talk. as a diamond. I can't. Uh, Fuck. Okay, uh, before well, we... your theme too, then. Wonderful. Yeah. I'm on brand. Tom's waving at Jesse. I'm just waving hello. I didn't stop I it. Didn't say hello to we him. don't pay him to get waved at. <laughs> um, Jesse, close your eyes. I need to correction corner one thing before we continue. Uh, it's not. A, it's more of an apology than a correction. Mm. Uh, last week, I'm sorry to anyone who tuned in and had to stop because of the sound quality. Um, that was totally my mistake. I used a fourth mic that. I shouldn't have used and Tom and I should have your mistake it was our mistake I mean like Tom and I should have just shared I just like don't know how to do that with Tom it doesn't feel right I feel like I know we already share an entire podcast yeah why would we share a microphone too much yeah sometimes it's just too much sharing like actually so if you couldn't do it I'd say go back skip 10 minutes in and the sound uh, the sound gets better better. I know I'm so sad because I love that episode me too it was sad to hear that audio update hashtag it gets better oh an update from last week you can find Makeda's book Spawning Generations um what was that Jesse what happened (laughs) did that break something Jesse what broke Jesse what do we pay you for (laughs) wait Jesse what just happened can you please continue and then we'll get into this mess? This sounds like glass just shattered. Just, just continue like and then failed. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> okay, spawning generations. We were just unsure about the way to get it. It's thirty dollars. You can get it online from Glad Day, and they'll deliver it to your house directly. Everyone, do that. Step your game up. Buy that fucking book. All right. Are you, are we ready for this? Look at look. At, no, don't look at him. Look at me. 
Elliot. Um, Jesse just ruined all of my plans. <laughs> I wanted to surprise you, and I'm so glad that Dan is here and that Pamela is here. But today is our one-year anniversary. Shut the fuck up! Of recording our first episode. Oh my god! And so we wanted to surprise you with some champagne, which Jesse wow. burst open in the middle of your like corrections corner. Well, congratulations, you two. That's Thank a big you. deal. Thank I'm you. honored to be on your anniversary episode. We're honored to <laughs> honored you could you. be here. I had no idea until just now. Actually, it's, uh, ago, it's yeah. very fitting that our year anniversary is the day we decide to cut Jesse entirely. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you mean lacerate him or cut him? <laughs> lacerate and then just go and then cut him. Exactly. Um, it's actually tomorrow, but the the episode will be released. On That's the so one year cute. Thanks for catching that. I've been very self absorbed lately. And no, it's I okay. This is because I'll always remember this date because this is the date where literally everything in my life changes every year. Mm. Like on this date last year, I got a new apartment. I lost a boyfriend. I started a podcast. I got a car and I got a new job. And so, you know, you just can't forget a date like that. I guess not. <laughs> well, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. Well, that being said, do we have a toast? Should oh, we have a yeah. toast to, to Dickwick? Um, Wait, can Jesse do the toast and we'll bleep it out? Well, he did pour himself a glass. <laughs> I don't want Jesse to be part of this anymore. Jesse, get away from here. <laughs> <laughs> um, cheer! Thank you very much for the wild ride. Um, I really, uh, I'm excited that we have a whole, I never thought it would last a year. Me neither. Or be at all successful. I thought we'd be shut down. But here we are going strong, and here's to many more years. And this cheers to all of our listeners yeah. and our fans who keep us going. So thank you. Cheers. Dan, cheers to you. Jesse, honestly, what are you doing here? <laughs> Jesse, <laughs> drink the champagne and then spit it into my mouth. <laughs> oh my. He is an alcohol delivery system. So. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I digress. We all digress. That was a lot. I, I, I started that. Um, that mess. That was great, though. Okay. Okay. Let's focus on the real. Do you have any more corners, corrections, media? I have a, a friend corner. Oh, friend corner. Always um, welcome. A friend of mine just left um, Canada, potentially forever, potentially not, but to go to Sweden. And he's a listener of the podcast. And I just want to say, Max, I hope you have the best time in Sweden. And I hope this brings a smile to your face when you listen to it. So best of luck. That was Friend Corner. Wow, Friend Corner. Yeah. Wow, best of luck in Sweden. Best of luck in Sweden, Max. Max. Um, okay. Do you have any corners? Uh, I think I've been through all my corners. Celebration Corner. Um, yeah, I'm good to go. All right, let's, let's Dan, do this. Dan, how are you? I'm, well, like I said, I'm Diamond. I'm doing great. So Diamond. So Diamond Dan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, we need to bleep that, probably. Yeah, they will definitely sue you. (laughs) Tom just sang the jingle of a law firm. Yeah, of a personal injury law firm. The classiest law firm in all of Toronto. I'm going to ask to sue Tom for the personal injury that this podcast has gave me. Like, my ears hurt. Let's you and I both. Let's do this. Oh, I'm God. delirious with rage and heat and, and heat. heat. Uh, is this what it feels like to be in heat? No, no. It's not. You know what that feels uh, like, Tom. Oh, I know. Um, Dan, tell us a bit about who you are 
Okay. And what brings you here? Yeah, well, you know what? Well, Tom Tom and I are um, know each other socially. Uh, so I am a big fan of Dick Wick. I'm a frequent listener, and I'm uh, I just thought it would be really great. So I saw Tom at a party recently, and just kind of threw myself out there, being like, "I need to be on Dick Wick immediately." And here I am. <laughs> yeah. Two and days I said, later. "What are you doing? What are you doing Monday? <laughs> what are you doing Monday?" Yeah. And so here I am. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I really think it's a great opportunity to be on the show. I think it's uh, great, the things that you discuss and the guests that you have on. So I'm, I feel honored and privileged to be among them. Oh, my mom. That was too nice. Jesse, cut that. Cut all that. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, about myself. So um, Tom and Elliot know very well that I took many pages of notes today. Uh, <laughs> You're the most prepared guest we've ever and had. And also I thoughtfully think. ripped them out before we started Right, recording. I ripped the pages Just out of my book before the microphones came on. A so smart guest is the... a prepared guest is a good guest. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, normally I wouldn't describe myself in these kind of terms, but I think for the the, the benefit of your listeners, I think it's it would be valuable for me to kind of uh, identify myself, if you will. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm a male, I'm a gay man, male, uh, I am half Asian, so my dad is Vietnamese and my mom is Caucasian uh, from the United States. She's American. Oh, I didn't know that about your yes, mom. Yes, I'm a citizen, you know. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have that in common. My mother is also an American. I did not know, I know that she I was an American. I yeah, know, no. now I just broadcasted it. But, yeah. but see, I'm proud of my American heritage. Oh, yeah, good I for mean, you. I mean, I mean, the country isn't, it's politics, right? There's a lot of great people in the United States who we shouldn't, you know, shit on just because some of them voted for Trump, right? True. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think in this context, I think we're going to be talking about certain Asian issues as they pertain to um, the LGBT QI, many other letters, community, um, and um, representation in, in media, in Hollywood specifically. Uh, so for my kind of backstory, anyway, I was born in New Brunswick, um, born and raised in New Brunswick, um, in the most cosmopolitan city in New Brunswick, <laughs> the grand old city of Moncton, which is probably Moncton. all of, like, you know, Moncton proper probably is like 100,000 people kind of thing. The greater Moncton area is like no more than 200,000, right? I took a train to Moncton once. It was beautiful. I drove through Moncton. It was beautiful. Right. It's the hub city. It's pe- That's where people drive I married through. a guy from Moncton. Exactly. I'm, the I'm the mayor of, of Moncton. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the mayor of Moncton. I'm the king of Moncton. Uh, I founded Moncton. Um, <laughs> I heard it here first. Uh, So to kind of give you an idea of my upbringing, my background, uh, both of my parents are kind of educational or educators. They're very academic kind of people. Um, My mom met my dad uh, in the 70s or 80s, um, you know, very shortly after the Vietnam War. Kind of odd that an American and a Vietnamese guy would end up together at that point. but uh, yeah, so I grew up in Moncton, for example, I was the only Asian, and I'm only half Asian for, for you listeners, I was the only remotely Asian kid in my elementary school. I was one of two Asian people in my middle school, uh, and the other Asian person was also half Asian. Uh, so together we so made one, one yeah, Asian, t- yeah, together we made one Asian person in middle school, and maybe, maybe a handful of Asians in my high school, myself included, throughout grade 9 through 12. So... You can imagine it's very uh, a very um, homogenous society. It's mm-hmm. very white, um, white as we like yeah, to very say. white, white. Uh, right? And and the only other black kid and my friend 
it, like his or maybe bleep that one out uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, also was half white as well right so it's a very you know ethnically homogenous society and it's not to their detriment right it's just perhaps a less desirable place for immigrants to go um, so that's kind of where I'm coming from in this podcast right so I hope that my opinions are only my own. I don't really want to speak for anybody else. I, I would hate to do that. And uh, so, yeah, really, my nice opinions are, 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 are my own and they're not Tom's or Elliot's. So please don't send them hate mail after this. Please do. No, send we welcome it. We welcome it. Uh, how, was, how was your personal experience growing up in Moncton? Well, it was it was fine, right? Like, I didn't really realize I was any different, like, ethnically, let's say, until maybe, like, third or fourth grade. But even then, like... I just had to ask my mom, like, why are they call me, calling me Chinese? Like, they, I'm Vietnamese. Like, what are they talking about? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, the, I had to have the conversation with my mom as a kid being like, you know, like, I don't understand. Like, I know that I'm racially somewhat different than most of the people here, but can't they understand that China is a different country than Vietnam? Like, aren't they interested in that? Um, really, it was more, I was more of an object of fascination, right? I didn't really view it as pejorative or mm. discriminatory, right? Like, these are just kids who are curious. They've never seen an Asian person in their life before, other than on TV, right? So I think it's completely, um, completely innocent and curious why they were thinking those things about me. I never really felt marginalized uh, for being Asian. I did kind of feel a bit left out in the sense that I didn't quite feel like I was fully participating and I think maybe that part of that comes from being half Asian as well right so on one extent or you know to to one degree with my Asian family I'm not fully Asian I'm the white kid of the family with my white family I'm the Chinese guy right because my white family they're not the most um, like sophisticated people I would say (laughs) in the states so you know they they would still not understand that I'm Vietnamese but that I don't come from China they don't understand that bit um, that, bit, that little bit. Yeah, that little bit, right? So, I mean, there's there's quite a, a variety of experiences, but, like, I try my best not to um, not to demonize people for that because from where I'm coming from, mostly it was ignorance and not, not even willful ignorance. It was just they didn't know. Right. Yeah, so I would say that was kind of my upbringing um, to kind of give you my, like, uh, as you would say, queer background. Um, I came out of the closet as gay at like 12. Like this was the year between seventh and eighth grade. Uh, I very boldly did it on MSN Messenger, where I, I changed my this? MSN status to gay. Oh my god! Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's whoa. that's how I came out of the closet. Do you remember the color and font of your status? Oh, uh, I always had the like magenta fuchsia pink font. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, I don't know if you could change color fonts of your status at that point, but oh, in true. my messages, my font was like bright pink. What a way to do it! Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm not even of a MSN generation. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really use MSN. Too old? Oh, yeah. You're more ICQ, aren't you? I used MSN. Okay. Messenger. I'm not too old. <laughs> I just wasn't around. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to people in real life. I'm sorry. Sue me. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But I have social skills. Yeah. Tom is probably one of the only people alive who still knows Morse code. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> My horse and carriage will run over you later. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of my background. If if you want to use that to to set the stage, that's where I'm coming from from a um, a growing up perspective. The only ha- one of the only half Asians in Moncton, and now you're also queer. Yes. 
as as you would say, and we can get into that later or or now. Like for example, like I don't identify as queer. Let's oh, get into it right now. Tell. Yeah, I, I I mean I I understand that it's a, a reappropriated term, right? And I like I understand that it's a, a term that a lot of people rally around and feel comfort in. So I don't want to belittle that for anybody. I'm just talking from myself. To me, I like I I find it borderline offensive. Um, you know, even though it's been reappropriated and, you know, we, we would kind of, you know, identify or many of us in the community would identify around that word. To me, it still means like I, I looked up uh, some synonyms in an actual dictionary today. I'm that smart. Um, and like some <laughs> of them were freakish and unnatural. And I mean, those words I really disagree with if you're going to describe how somebody is, because if somebody is automatically, they're not unnatural. Um, they're not a freak, they just are. So to me, that's kind of a point of contention with how I identify myself. I would never tell anybody that I'm queer. If somebody would refer to me as that, like I'm, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not upset enough to want to like have that debate, but I, it's, not, it's not a label or it's not an, uh, a term that I identify with personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fascinating. That is fascinating, I'm yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up. You're <laughs> yeah, me our too. first guest who... Yeah, yeah. Or at least the first guest that's told us. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Quite possibly. No, I know. No, it's true though. Some some of our other guests have sort of like moved around, like wiggled around it. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't wiggle. (laughs) (laughs) You're a diamond. You're too hard to wiggle. Um, All right, diamond. Then uh, then not that you must put a label on yourself, but would you? Um. Well. No, and that's kind of what I I alluded to when I was kind of describing myself. I don't, I really like to stray away from identitarian uh, ways of communicating with people. I don't want you to to talk to me in the context of a certain label or identity and, you know, uh, and I get this is maybe shocking or, or not shocking, but you know, different maybe to, to what some of your listeners or other guests may have, have talked about, but like I, I really disagree with intersectionality as a, a labeling mechanism. Um, I, of course, I agree with it as a concept, right? Mm-hmm. That people intersect in different identities, but I don't like to to identify with that. I don't want to. I don't want to be known for what I am. I want to be known for who I am. Now might be a good time to say, actually, like this is exactly like we want these conversations, and we don't just because a lot of our guests have had the same. Uh, story or the same way about about identifying themselves, we encourage other ways around it, yeah. and that's why oh, like well, that's why we started yeah, yeah, yeah. with like uh, moving away from coming out. Just like these um, these meta narratives of queer communities are what we want to dismantle, kind of you know. Of so it's like do this, yeah, like, have, guess, have guess, agency in whatever way, it, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and part yeah. of why I was definitely comfortable coming here because you know I think both of you are very reasonable, well you know, thoughtful people, right? So I'm very nice comfortable having this. <laughs> I'm sure you haven't listened. Like, I'm very comfortable having this conversation, right? Because it's perhaps, I don't know, I it's great for me to be able to talk about this to a, a wider audience because I, I don't often get to have the chance other than me just pestering my boyfriend with my <laughs> relentless opinions. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I will say, I think the dictionary thing, like colloquially speaking yes but that's only because of the way it's been used like right. the word queer exists to mean uh slant ways or twisted exactly n- not normal and like the like the agency personally i find in it is like i, I want to be anything but normal you know what i mean and so like right. that's kind of go back to like the root 
of it more. And, it's like anti-normative okay. instead of like. See, I think the way that I would kind of respond to that would be that I. I what, do you, what do you mean by normal? Right. You know. Yeah. At, yeah. Like queer or whatever is also yeah. normal, right? Hopefully, hopefully there is a day when like heterosexual hegemony doesn't exist, mm-hmm. and hopefully there's a day when like. Like, I'm not measuring normal by my own terms. I'm measuring normal by what I was told normal right. is. And I definitely understand the politic of reinstituting the very things that we're trying to tear down. Like, in the word queer, are we reinstituting straight as a right. category? Totally. That totally is happening. And it's a very tricky thing, and I don't actually know the way around it. It's like, I don't know. The way I see it is it's kind of nice to remove the point of comparison. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, if you're not being compared to some sort of standard or to some sort of norm, then it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so that's kind of part of where I'm coming from. Like, I don't I don't like to be compared to a standard. Are you furious all the time? Why? <laughs> why? I'm, no, no, I'm no. smiling. No, 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 I'm no, no, I just mean, like, I what just are you mean, talking like, about? I just mean, like, this, this, this must get pushed on you, like... Pride. Oh, uh, oh, it all, does. It all does, like queer politics. Like it, it, it does, and and like I think my boyfriend would be able to speak to this better than I can because he's, uh, you know, uh, I think we have differing opinions on on a lot of how how pride is manifested. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's pride. You know, it is all about just having a good time and you know removing shame from any of the social equations that you might face in a day to you know in a day. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I'm gonna wear my cute little short shorts and I'm gonna shout at Justin Trudeau to take his pants off. Like that's what I did <laughs> at Montreal Pride last weekend. You know, I told him to show me his ass. Uh, and you know, I did he look at you? No, I mean he did was very he show busy you with his, his handlers. No, but guess, guess Kenworthy made eye contact with me. Oh, yeah, and yeah. that was a moment. That was a moment. <laughs> Uh, But in that sense, like, pride to me is just live your life and not necessarily live it how other people expect you to live it. And that includes the LGBT community who sometimes, I feel, expect me to live a certain way and to have certain opinions that I don't hold. Totally. That's what I meant by are you furious yeah. all the time. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm not furious because yeah, I yeah. understand where they're coming from, right? Like, I, I'm a thoughtful person like you guys, too. Like, I fully understand that there, there are people who, who have not come into a certain stage of comfort in their own identities in their own life that they that they have this beacon to mm-hmm. kind of look at or, or to hold on to and that, that brings them how hope that brings them power and I don't mean to take that away it's just not I'm not there in my that's life that's not how you that's not that's how just, you do yeah, yeah. that's just yeah. not what I do yeah realize that we've never once said um, the disclaimer that like our opinions are not the opinions of all we maybe should what? can we retroactively say Wait, it? we don't need to obviously but, but yeah but, it <laughs> but your opinions are your own and, and that, that's part of it right like statements like that I can't help but be slightly irritated by not not in in, in a personal sense yeah, but yeah. like why do you have to apologize for everything you say mm-hmm. you know what I mean like it's your opinion and you you shouldn't have a caveat for everything you know you can just speak mm-hmm and, you know, like, I think with, like, I don't know, I'm a big YouTube follower. I don't know if you guys are, but, like, most of my media is consumed through YouTube. I'm not at all a YouTube follower, okay. not even close. See, I love individual content contributors to YouTube because you get such a range of opinions. And uh, a lot of them pertaining to queer issues or, or LGBT, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they're so interesting because a lot of these people, you, you're not reading them in, in publications. You're not... You know, they're not featured in Huffington Post or BuzzFeed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, I roll my eyes because, like, no offense. I read that publication, like, I the same way I read The Onion. Um, like, I, I, I read it with, like, a huge dose of skepticism. Um, but, 
you know, it's just kind of like you get to read people and you get to hear where people are coming from. And it kind of helps me because then I'm like, oh, God, thank God I'm not an asshole. Other people think this way, too. (laughs) You know, like I I kind of like I guess back to your kind of anger or, or rage or what was it? Uh, that I was feeling. Oh, I asked if you were furious. Furious, yeah. yeah. Um, no, and it's kind of like a, a kind of um, a guilt, if anything. I'm okay. just like, oh, I feel a little bit guilty that I don't, you know, subscribe to the the same feelings that a lot of people within my supposed community feel, right? Yeah. Um, and I understand the value of community, but then again, here we go. I don't necessarily identify with everybody within that community, so I don't understand why I'm lumped in with them when yeah, I'm yeah, described. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. That's fascinating. I, I love this. Thank you. I, 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 you know, it makes me even want to level up even further and be like, art. the point of this umbrella mm-hmm. that we hope that we're creating includes, like, people who don't identify as queer, too, which is so funny because yeah. that's our whole, like, stake. Right. Well, and, the- like, you know what? Like, I'm a dude who gets fucked by dudes, but, yeah. like, I still don't consider myself queer. But the thing is, you whether know? or not you consider it, anti-queer bullying still affects people who like yes. men who have sex with men regardless yes. of how you identify so that's where the umbrella fights for people like that whether mm-hmm. or not they identify and like whether or not like no one's gonna call you out and be like hey you have to come here and join this movement but i think the queer movement is trying to move towards um just like acceptance right acceptance of all right. identities and i think we're at least very situated in the west in toronto maybe even like yeah, we're at a we're very privileged moment, to kind live of. where we will where we live and when we live in yeah Indeed. totally yeah yeah, yeah, and you know, like I think that can't be forgotten. I mean, as as difficult as things are in North America for a lot of people, uh, you know, if you if you look at the broader, you know, the broader world, that's it's it's you know minuscule compared to what other people have to go through. And um, totally, I, I think that we, in a position of privilege, can be better serving to our community uh, by helping those people more than the people who are in a position to help themselves, given the framework that they have. Absolutely. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, and uh, speaking of which, that brings us to Asia, for example, where LGBTQI2S, I don't know, I don't want to get it wrong. Anyway, um, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Um, in Asia, it's it's still a very taboo topic, right? I mean, I think there was in Hong Kong, there was this, um, I, I don't know if it's Hong Kong or mainland China, but... Um, there was this a woman who is like a, a multi-billionaire millionaire heiress uh, to you know one of the biggest companies in Asia where her dad I mean she identifies as, as a lesbian and her dad posted a, a fucking reward like kind of like you would expect like to find a kidnapped person posted a reward to somebody a man who would marry her and basically make her straight and this reward I'm not kidding is like many many millions of dollars Oh right? no! And then this is in Hong Kong, which is like um, among the most like socially anyway advanced societies in Asia. How recent? Sorry, is this? I, this is like within the last couple of years. Okay. Yeah, um, and I, I believe maybe it was even longer ago than that, but m- most recently, I, be- I believe the reward was increased. Uh, <laughs> right, which is really fucked up um, in in uh, you know a, a major metropolitan city like uh, like Hong Kong or it's a, I mean a country as well, but it's it's a very developed, very um, socio economically developed place, right? It's very yeah. high tech, um, you know. It, but still, Hong Kong tra- was tradition. one of the few places in Asia where I've been that I 
felt totally absolutely you know, absolutely but then again you're a white man right and yeah. you're not a local person yeah. manifesting your queerness right yeah, right yeah, yeah. and and that would be a very dis- different experience arguably for somebody who's from there mm-hmm. yeah of course um yeah. the expectations of westerners are very different in asia than they are for other asians um, As in, it's more like carte blanche. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I think. I mean, you know, like the That's the white man rules almost everywhere. Well, literally <laughs> yeah, carte yeah, blanche, yeah. right? Yeah. White card, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Um, and you know, I generally white heterosexual men have more or less carte blanche when it comes to international. Uh, respect or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, like romping people, around, people will give you a default level of expe- of respect that they probably wouldn't accord other people. Um, who are yeah, my privilege gets me wherever men. I want. Like yeah. I, we touched on this in our episode with Russ, but yeah, living in Korea, I you know, looking back on that time. Right, but you got I, a great cap ride. <laughs> but to my, but like I behaved however I wanted to, right. Like, but but as much as a heterosexual person but but do yeah. south korean gay men have the same liberty that you had god no exactly, not even close. right so that's the kind of white privilege in a non-white yeah. place mm-hmm. right and at the time i was just like oh whatever and now i'm like oh dear yeah. i mean <laughs> you i mean live, live your that. life tom that's the thing like you shouldn't hate yourself for that it's no, just no like, i don't hate if, myself if, for well, it, but. but if anything you're just lucky to have been able to do that but yeah. it's not anything against you right as long as you're not abusing said privilege right, right. and even, even if you are right <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not you're doing it at anybody else's expense right so you know if you want to take advantage of a privilege rock rock out as long as you're not detracting or taking away from someone else yeah mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. i've leveraged my privileges in in places but yeah totally. as long as i'm not hindering anybody else i have no i i don't see the issue with that if i have an advantage you may as well use it mm-hmm. i just think the, like the insidious nature of white privilege is just such that like using it uh, without being conscious of trying to subvert it in any sense or being aware of it um, tends to to further it as an institution. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it like is kind of a separate kind of privilege because it has this entire history of colonialism, like both like now like techno colonialism mm-hmm. and neo colonialism, and like do you know what I mean? I think there's a certain kind of awareness around that, which as like a white person with like what people would might call white guilt, I feel uncomfortable like talking about relying on my privilege you know what i mean like this is my my whole discourse is like activating privilege but self-consciously right you know which grinds a lot of people's gears for like just fucking live just get over it and i'm like i don't want to make anything worse you know right and and that's that's a very Mm -hmm. cautious and and thoughtful approach right i mean not not or i guess many people wouldn't have that that Mm -hmm. similar approach but at the same time for example like in in vietnam in my own case uh, vietnam used to be a french colony for those who don't know um at the same time, you know, the French brought a lot to Vietnam at the same time, right? Like, this is kind of like the, the globalization effect. Right. I mean, this is in the 1800s or whatever, but the, the French brought a lot of development and technology to Vietnam and, and really helped kind of move it along. Arguably, they suppressed Vietnamese, local Vietnamese culture to mm-hmm. do that. So, you know, it's a kind of double-edged sword, but, you know, ultimately... I think in terms of development, the country's better off for it. And in terms of society, who knows, right? We don't know because it destabilized the region and now it's a communist-run country, which my family was run out of, right? So, so you don't know. But at the same time, I really think that we, we have to look at 
net positive and net negative in certain situations. Right. Just because there is a negative, it doesn't mean that there's not a net positive to be had out of a situation. This is an ignorant question, but is the name Vietnam from the colonial era? Like, did the French deem it that, or is that, like... Um, well, it used to be called, like, Anam. Like, I, I'm, I'm not educated enough on this topic to be able to, to tell you 100%. Uh, Vietnam in English is one word, but in Vietnamese it's two. Oh, okay. Um, and it is a Vietnamese term. I just can't tell you exactly okay, what okay. it means. So it's I'm, not... I'm unfortunately not... Uh, Jesse, find that out. Not Vietnamese speaking. Jesse. <clears throat> yeah, Jesse, look this shit up. Jesus Teach Christ. me about my... Vietnam skull? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vietnam skull. <laughs> um, and yeah... On that ke- note... Yeah, in keeping with our Asian theme, so I... There's nothing I love better than a theme. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah, so, you know, I, I wore the jewels. Um, I wore this bandana a la ninja. Uh, we're just being super Asian. Um, <laughs> Tom so, emailed so, me earlier. Yeah, I emailed uh, Dan to find out what he wanted to drink as we recorded chord and on of course like bless his heart he likes themes as much as i do oh we have a correction coming in hot from jesse here anam originated as a chinese name in the 17th no in the 7th century it was the common name for the country during the colonial period um nationalist writer i wouldn't even try to pronounce this name (laughs) 7th century did you say yeah von boy chow revived the name vietnam in the early 20th century there we go Thank you for that. Thanks, Thanks Jesse. Jesse. Thanks, Google. I suppose you're rehired if you have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pop champagne um, in your face. So I'm excited f- to uh, share this soju with you after Dan suggested yeah. it. Today. I mean, I couldn't think of any like Vietnamese liquor that's widely available in Ontario. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I did say this to these fellas earlier, and I don't know if this is true anymore. And also, it's hard. Uh, uh, mm, it's hard. A lot of living in Korea, you have to sort of take things as people tell you that they're true, whether or not knowing if they are or not. Mm-hmm. So I was told that soju, which we're about to have a shot of, is um, the most widely produced alcohol in the world because of how much Koreans drink it. So, like, that sounds right to me. Like, I don't have any facts to dispute it. I'm, I'm um, sitting here literally cheering, fist in the air. <laughs> <laughs> I love drinking, by the way. And I'm, <laughs> I'm horrifyingly upset in, in another way because this bottle, which I would have spent $1.50 on in, uh, on the, the streets of Seoul, cost me almost $10 today. So, Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. The bottle's just so cute. I would just sit and drink it all and then probably get really drunk. Thank you. Uh, I know that, Elliot, you said you didn't want to drink tonight. And I've already forced two drinks on it's you fine. during the podcast. I had an, an episode <laughs> recently, alcohol-related anxiety, but let's see how this goes. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know that. Did I? I don't know. Sometimes you all just right. don't. Cheers. Uh, What's, uh, what do they say for cheers in Korea, in South Korea? Chin uh, chin. Chin chin. Oh, well, that's universal. They say yeah. the same in Vietnamese. Well, I'll say this. Chingu, which is friends. Okay, yeah. chingu. Chingu. Chin chin. I'm scared to say it. Annyeonghaseyo. <laughs> that means what? Hello, how are you? Something like that? Hello, yeah. Well, that's really nice. Yeah, right? It's very smooth. It's got like 20-ish percent booze in there, but yeah. it, it drinks like water. I like it. It tastes like um, my like, dad's vodka after I watered it down. Yeah, exactly. Like a bunch of exactly. Times, you know what I mean? Exactly. It's high school yeah. vodka. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We would drink like soju and Powerade before we went out Ooh, on the town, classy. or we would drink soju and 
uh, so mac, which is soju and mac too. So soju in beer. Oh, ooh. Uh, it sort of just gives the beer a little bit more, a little more kick. Tang. Mm. <laughs> oh, I don't like that <laughs> at all. Anyway, don't do gives that. Gives you a little bit of insight as to how I behaved <laughs> the whole across time. the pond. Amazing. Um. So what about? Okay. So Dan, uh, not to derail you too yeah. much, but what about your experience uh, living in? Toronto on Grinder. Um, well, <laughs> I guess like my my experience isn't unique to Toronto. Oh. Um, I think I mean I've I've lived in Montreal. I've lived in New Brunswick. In terms of Canada or like you know Western countries that have. I love Grindr. guests that stage manage as they go. Like you're not so our everyone, first one. Just so everyone knows, Dan just wrote down the word Grinder to show to. No, Tom I mean to I know how this works. No, but I was you know? going to uh, like, but it was perfect. It was we were perfect. Totally yeah. in sync yeah. there. I loved the whole thing. Justin yeah. to my JC and. Um, Oh, thank you. Thank you. I get to be Justin. Uh, <laughs> Joey Fatone over there. Oh, my God. I know enough to know you're making fun of me, okay? Hey, Joey Fatone is a wonderful artist. <laughs> but yes, yes. We're going to talk about your experience on... Grinder. Uh, yeah. Grinder-related apps. Yeah. So... I would say that I like. Um, I think it's a, a very interesting topic. It's been written about a lot, but not one that's been discussed a lot. In in my experience, anyway, and perhaps it has, and maybe I'm just not. Uh, I haven't made a, a adequate effort to to research it, but not on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's kind of it sums it up to like to six words, um, and I guess one of those re- words is repeated. Can twice. I guess what they are? Yeah, please do. No fat, no femme, no Asian. Yes, exactly, exactly. So that's not technically six words, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's six words Four in sequence. Six words repeated, in sequence. Yeah. Let's be let's be real. Um, Syntax corner, right? <laughs> I love grammar, everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I had never really faced true racism, right? I've been lucky enough in my life that. You know, the people who have called me names, the, you know, Ching Chong or whatever. Uh, Ching Chong? You know, That's not even clever. Exactly, right? Like, come on. At least you can come up with something funny. Um, like, you know, that, that, that kind of stereotypical name calling, you know, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I'm from Moncton, New Brunswick. They're like, oh, no, no, where are you actually from? And I'm like, fuck you, uh, Moncton, yeah. New Brunswick. Uh, but like, I, you know, that, that to me is kind of water off a duck's back. At the yeah. same time, I address it when it when it happens, right? Like, I'll, I'll educate them without sassing them out, which is me exercising the highest degree of restraint. But I'll say, oh, you know, like, actually, I was born in this country. How about you? Right? I might turn it around on them. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. hey, like, what are you? And they're like, oh, I'm Canadian. I'm like, oh, yep, you're German, are you Irish. Like, right, what, right. what kind of white are you? Right. Yeah. Are you because, indigenous? Right, yeah. right. Because, like, people generally, in my experience, white or, or Caucasian North Americans anyway, tend to... Um, lump Asians as one sort of ethnicity, right? But it doesn't really happen the other way around. It, like, people will identify themselves, oh, hey, I'm Ukrainian, or or I'm, you know, this or that, but generally other races don't typically lump white people into one sort of ethnicity as if they have anything in common with one another, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, I, you know, I, I will educate in that sense, and I'll be like, oh, hey, like, you know, I'm, I'm born and raised here, but I'll explain. Yeah, my dad was born in Vietnam, which is probably why you know, you, you notice that I'm physically different than most white people here. And, you know, I'll have that conversation. But I, I really am really hesitant to be accusatory because, like I said earlier, often these things come from a point of ignorance, not necessarily uh, malice. Um, so I view it as an opportunity to kind of give that person 
the opportunity to to be able to communicate better with people of color, specifically Asian people. Um, but on Grinder, it's a whole other fucking uh, deal. I don't know if you've seen the profiles. Have you? Yep. I. I, I don't have Grinder. I know well, that's well, shocking. When, when or if you did, or whatever you've seen them, on yeah. on multiple dating right apps, on multiple yeah. apps. I'm just using Grinder. Like like don't sue me. I'm just saying Grinder. It means any sort of dating app or hookup app or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there there's a shocking amount of blatant racism there that is is often or almost always followed with. Not sorry, not racist, just a preference. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, like that's fine. Like I respect your preferences, right? Like if you have a preference for people who are light skinned with light hair, then obviously you're not going to be into a lot of Asians, just generally because features aren't matched up to what features you're attracted to. It has nothing to do with race or or nationality or whatever. But do you need to say that on your profile? Exactly. So that's what I'm getting at. Like it's so easy to say, oh, sorry, not looking right now. Oh, sorry, you know, uh, I don't, you know, I don't. I don't see the attraction or whatever. There's mm-hmm. so many ways to say the same thing without fucking putting it as a, a screening measure on your profile, right? Yeah. So the people who do that, I'm thinking, they they are just ignorant. I, I highly doubt, and I like to I like to have faith in humanity in the sense that I doubt anybody would put that on there unless they were truly racist and, and, and mean it, but that's a whole other story. But most people in Toronto anyway would not necessarily view it in a deliberately mean kind of way. They would just ignorantly do that, thinking they're, oh, I'm, not, I'm just not racist. I'm just putting my preferences out there. Um, so for me, it's like, it's been pretty shocking. Luckily, I haven't been on Grinder for a while now, um, but it's been kind of shocking to see how people kind of think it's acceptable and and not racist to to put those out there on your profile. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those moments have been kind of shocking. And like to be fetishized, for example, like it can go yeah, either way, right? right? Exactly. You, you have the people who who really hate Asians or or who are really not sexually attracted to Asians, and like whatever, I'm not going to force you to be into Asians, like whatever, like whatever whatever floats your boat, dude. Like I don't really care, but. Um, there's this other kind of side of the the coin that there are people who are like, oh, like, yeah, I want a sub, you know, sub bottom Asian person to suck my white cock and whatever. And I'm just like, listen, like... uh, I I see what you mean. They're both reducing you down to your race and nothing else. And they're not interested in anything else. Or like the humanity of a person. Exactly, right? They're not asking... Which is my problem with Grindr as it is. In in general, I mean, yeah, it's it's problematic in, in and of itself. Um, but also comes with that anonymity, for example, right? Yeah. If you just have your six-pack torso pick, uh, and then you, you have your no fats, no vems, no Asians, then there's no harm done to you, right? Nobody knows you've, you're, you're blatantly discriminating against So people. when you come across something like this, yeah. do, do you engage or do you, no. do, do you ignore? No, um, because I don't believe in online bullying in the way that a lot of people do. Um, I do believe it's a thing, but you know what? You always have the option to block, unfollow, don't log on. Right. Right? Like, you, you're, not be, you're not beholden to be online and connected to people through social media. You're not. You're a human and your life exists outside of the internet. So I think, for me, anyway, it's very easy to avoid that kind of onslaught or that abuse or, or that kind of uh, behavior. I just don't log on or I block them. It's, it's really that easy. And I don't really think twice about it. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would just say that, like, I will then censor or or filter out the, the content that I consume on social media by blocking or by avoiding certain sites or certain uh, profiles or whatever. Right. <clears throat> well, uh, so um, what about? Because we were talking about both sides of the coin. Yeah. What about the, people the fetishization, who fetishizers yeah. that are probably right aggressive? And, and I mean, in, <laughs> in my case, it it I, I'm probably the worst person because I kind of like feed <laughs> feed into that, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like my, my my boyfriend is white, uh, you know, all this kind of thing, like. He does put his penis inside me regularly, that kind of thing, right? Whereas you, you, you know, I, I kind of wish I were this kind of, not I don't actually wish, but for the sake of this conversation, wish I were this kind of dom top Asian uh, daddy kind of thing. <laughs> that's literally the opposite of what I am. Uh, so I, I kind of wish I had that perspective to share with you other than the perspectives that I read. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's it's really dismaying. It's disappointing. It's frustrating for a lot of Asian men to be relegated to um, and especially uh, like queer. I'll, I'll use the word fine. Um, you don't have to. <laughs> I promise. You don't uh, have to. Queer Asian men to be relegated to a sort of uh, female equivalency. Um, and I mean, so be it if they are right. If though that individual does kind of identify as female, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it generally, and especially in gay relationships where masculinity or quote unquote masculinity is seen as such a virtue, it's really hard to be on the receiving end of that criticism as an Asian person mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. either you're a fetishized object who is seen as exotic. And, ooh, like, yeah, I just want to have, you know, it's like I want to go on a cute vacation to the Maldives, right? And that's kind of what you're doing when you're hooking up with the Asian guy because he's exotic, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like eating a fruit salad, you know? Mm -hmm. Like it's, and like I have written down in my many lines of notes, but you know what? Like it's kind of like exotic fruit, right? And maybe this will tie in better to our our discussion on like uh, Asian representation in Hollywood. But, you know, like... Even people today in the West see pineapple as an exotic fruit, right? But it's so readily available. It's been part of our grocery store for fucking 50, 60 years, even longer. Mm -hmm. We've had ready access to pineapples for so fucking long. They are not exotic fruit anymore to most people. But some people out there still see pineapple as this exotic thing, right? So I kind of identify with the pineapple in this sense. Maybe my color should have been orange, like yellow (laughs) pineapple. I don't know. But um, (laughs) I kind of identify with the pineapple in this sense where, you know, Asians have been present and active in North American society for a while. Mind you, I will say that they're probably a newer immigrant set than other white immigrants, right? Like Italian, Irish generally came to North America before the the, the wave of I- Asian immigrants. And I differentiate immigrants and people who came to work in railroads as canaries in a coal mine almost literally mm-hmm. um so there have been asian there has been an asian presence in north america for well over 100 years but people still see it as an exotic fruit in a sense um as a pineapple um so in that way it's kind of like it kind of it, in a sick way turns me on but in a you know like i kind of like to be objectified um but not for that reason you know what mm-hmm. i mean like i like the feeling of being objectified but i don't want to be um, kind of boiled down to only being a race. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the challenge when it comes to fetish- fetishization. Blah, 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 fetishization. It's really hot in here. It's very fine. difficult to say as well. <laughs> um, of of Asian men in within the gay community. I well, it, I mean, this challenge. makes like after hearing you say this, mm-hmm. your uh, dislike for. Um, identification of yep. any kind makes more sense yeah. to me. And, you know, because, like, as somebody who's often relegated to uh, an outwardly visible identity, like, okay, fine, like, yes, that is part of my identity. You're right. You're not wrong. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more to it than I, I really hate labeling oneself with, you know, five or six descriptors that apparently sum me up. Like, yeah. I, I really think it's more complicated than that. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what the experience is, is for me anyway. And again, like I'm half Asian, so I can only put my sh- myself in the shoes of somebody who is 100% East Asian, in my case, or Southeast Asian, having that challenge be even greater. Um, you know, like I, in some cases, for, for mo- most Asians, I pass as white. For most white people, I cannot pass as white, right? Like, a lot of people would be like, oh, you're full-on Chinese. They always say China. I guess it's fair. There's a lot of Chinese people. But, you know, I'm often labeled as Chinese by white people. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, yes, I I am half Asian, but I'm also half whatever my mom's (laughs) Irish or whatever British Isles-y is. Um, But, you know, I I don't really subscribe to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's interesting to talk about, right? Um, maybe it's not a, a perspective that's shared often. I mean, and in mm-hmm. fact, I was at uh, Joey's, the restaurant um, downtown before coming here so I could enjoy a glass of wine as I continued to write notes. Um, <laughs> my my server was an Asian woman and she asked me what I was writing and I explained to her what I was coming here oh, for. Oh, cool. And she was like, oh, that's so fascinating. And, you know, I was telling her that, you know, it's not a perspective that's often shared in in a platform like this, right? It's kind of generally speaking, um, Asian cultures, I like, I I don't know what she was. I will speak for myself in my Vietnamese family anyway, that difficult subjects or kind of awkward subjects you just again like i said earlier duck, uh, water off a duck's back like you just shrug it off and move on that's just part of the culture as well right like mm-hmm. so many topics are taboo within a lot of asian cultures that it's almost cultural not to discuss them and just wipe it off um and that's what she was saying and she was kind of like oh it's great that you're not wiping it off she's like because if i had that criticism i would do that and i that made me think a little bit ah i see yeah so can we talk we are like yeah i've just, just been about, rambling no it's no it's perfect we're we just are running out of time but i really want to get to um like the importance of representation yeah. in crazy rotations just yes. because you're yeah. coming off seeing it and i feel like it ties in really yeah. well to what you're saying so i'm on a bit of a high after seeing crazy rich asians and to be honest most of it is because of the jewels um <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah no the jewels were fabulous if you um if you've seen the movie or if you haven't the the movie prominently featured is this emerald ring which is stunning which happens to be personally owned by Michelle Yeoh so I'm not even oh, gonna I'm not, not even that. gonna lie Whoa. they used Michelle Yeoh's real jewels the, her, God, that she personally owns in she's Crazy perfect. Rich Asians as the fancy people jewels Fuck. so I, I'm as a person who's obsessed with jewels in general this was me like fucking over the moon <laughs> um, but not just the jewels not just the fashion not just the storyline but 
this was the first time in my memory that I have ever seen in a major Hollywood... Actually, no, fuck that. Not even major Hollywood movie. Any movie where there has been an Asian man, or actually many, a few Asian men, who are portrayed as sexy, right? And, like, that to me was very meaningful. I mean, I'm in a position in my life now, I'm... I'm in my late 20s. I, I'm very comfortable with who I am, but maybe 15-year-old me seeing that movie would have made a big difference on my life and my self-confidence growing up, right? Mm-hmm. Because I grew up being the other, especially in Moncton, New Brunswick, um, never even fathoming that I could possibly be attractive, right? And especially, you know, with the fat femme Asian thing, like there was a point in my life where probably a lot of people would have labeled me all three so if you're all three of those grinder no-nos you've never seen a a person portrayed as sexy who is asian on television or movies you know you you really have to rely on yourself and your self-confidence to build that up to kind of convince yourself that you are an attractive man and that you are masculine regardless of whatever you know asian tropes are out there Mm -hmm. um but it was really important to me to see that, right? I, I, you know, I saw fucking Chris Pung, who is like, oh, he's so hot. Uh, Henry Golding, uh, and that's another issue because he's half Asian, right? I don't know if they could have gotten away with casting the main male lead fully Asian. I don't know, right? This is maybe just me, again, being skeptical right. with, from my own um, experience. But uh, I thought it was brilliant, right? I was just like, wow, like... You know, you've got Jackie Chan, you've got Jet Li, who all have the six-pack, they're crazy ripped, um, but never, even in fucking uh, Romeo Must Die with Jet Li and Aaliyah, that's an R-rated movie, but Jet Li never gets intimate with Aaliyah. Right, right, the he, sex appeal the, was right, never the there. Sex it was the there. it was the, the ninja badass, appeal. Exactly, the yeah. badass kung fu trope, <clears throat> yeah. right? But it's it's not... Oh, Jet Li is a heartthrob. Jet, yeah. Li, Jet right, Li is sexy. Yeah. I want Jet Li to fuck me. Like that's never been a narrative, yeah. or or even a sub narrative, or even a suggested kind of thing within uh, cinema with featuring Asian male leads. Uh, so for this one was really special to me because it kind of, it kind of even now like it kind of instilled a little bit more confidence in me, being like, oh my god, like finally now people will get it, mm-hmm. right? Um, that Asian men are sexy. You know what I mean? But not just the sex appeal, not just the male thing, but it kind of meant a lot to me because I don't know if you've read the books, but I read the books too. The books are are more obviously more thorough than the movie because, you know, they they have limitations and things. But it was really important for me to have um, Asian society in general being displayed to a Western audience as, as something other than the third world kind of you know we're working with bamboo and you know like whatever yeah it wasn't the nerdy silicon valley chinese guy who's working for apple and whatever it's not that kind of story um it really shows that asia and and many countries and societies within asia are very refined and arguably the book would put it far more refined than the upper east side of new york city yes. right so you it was kind of validating for me to show asian culture as something aspirational rather than yeah. than escape it you know like rather yeah, yeah. than exotic or some sort of orientalism or whatever. orientalism chinoiserie whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um it was really important for me to see or to, to see it displayed in a major hollywood movie that you know societies within asia are are not like 
you know, these struggling people who, you know, who are not civilized and who Mm -hmm. are, you know, spitting all over the place and snot rocketing down the streets of Beijing. Like, sure, that exists, but not not to the extent that that it's often portrayed in Western media. Yeah. So it was really important and valuable for me to see um, Asian cultures displayed as something aspirational and something um, positive and, and respectable. Um, and it kind of goes into the old money versus new money trope as well. Mm-hmm. Very interestingly so, because that's the same everywhere. You have new new money Asians wearing Canada goose jackets in 40 degree weather. Downtown Toronto is as a kind of a display of wealth, right? Whereas you have the old money Chinese who would never dare wear anything that had a label on it. Although that's made by hand by fucking Christian Dior himself, right? Mm. And what's, what's like, just to... Um add on to what you're saying the great representation is that it's also cleaning up at the box office yes which means ho- money talks yes, in hollywood exactly so these movies are going to continue to get made yeah exactly. which is the best part and because people are looking at this executives are looking producers are yep. looking and being like oh people want this like people are eating this up great then they're gonna do a fuckload more of exactly it. and you know what like the audiences are not just Asian people no and, yeah. and that's what I'm dying great. to see it I'm sad I haven't yet oh, I, mm. I implore you to see it yeah. not just because of the Asian shit it's just a really good movie yeah I keep hearing um, that yeah and, and that's kind of part of why it's important also it's just it's a good movie and the people who made it it's made by Asians about Asians yeah. right yeah. like I as my boyfriend might tell you like I have gripes when it comes to representation for the sake of representation right I don't want to be represented by white people you doing, don't be doing me doing me a favor yeah, yeah, yeah. By, you know what I mean yeah. Um, and part of Crazy Rich Asians is that like there was no explanation in this movie as to why there's an Asian character, right? Like mm-hmm. every other time, it's like, oh, the scene is in Chinatown. That's why there's an Asian person in this movie, right. or um, oh, um, you know, this one scene from James Bond is set in Macau or whatever, and right. Michelle Yeoh happens to be the Bond girl, and they have to explain why there's an Asian person in a James Bond movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Whereas yeah. for this one, they don't. It's just an Asian story but it's contemporary like there's a scene I don't want to give any spoilers but where they're just making dumplings around the, the the dining room table and I was like that is my family you know and mm-hmm. it was it, they didn't make a big deal out of it it wasn't a symbolic moment but it was just real and, and authentic and I don't think that could have been delivered as a favor uh, by some sort of yeah. white savior in Hollywood I'm so excited to see it now. That's fucking cool. So we, uh, this is uh, the time when, Jesse, did you send it to us? So we're going to quote on you. Yes. <laughs> I've, I've been waiting so long to be quoted upon. I know. I know you have. Okay, are you ready? Oh God, I'm, I'm scared I'm, of getting. I'm questioning all of these. Me too. Can, <laughs> can you go first? Uh, yep. Are you ready? Yeah, this is going to be a rapid fire round because I have to pee like a mad person. Rapid fire. <laughs> Jesse, are you ready? <laughs> Okay, tell okay. me, uh, Jesse, wave at me when you're ready. Um, bond me or bone me? Bone me. Red lobster or blue crabs? Oh, hard choice. Um, you know what? Red lobster, I'm from the East Coast. Kimchi or kimchi? Um, kimchi, the food. Bay Street or Gay Street? Both. Grinder or don't mind her? Don't mind her. Dick cheese or cream cheese? Cream cheese. Scruff or enough? Scruff. Tindering men or hindering men? Tindering men. Hank... Uh, fuck. <laughs> anchors away or canker away? Oh, anchors away. Autumn bottom or summer bummer? 
<laughs> Always autumn bottom. Coffee enema or come at me, brah. Oh, I've never tried a coffee enema. Let's go for it. Fishermen or catfishing men? Catfishing men. Halifax or halitosis? Halifax. Peggy's Cove or peg me till I'm mauve? Oh, peg me till I'm mauve, please. Schmegma or magma? Schmegma. Rimming twins or twinning rims? <laughs> this is so easy. Rimming twins. Foie gras, no ma, or faux gras? Faux pas. Faux gras, faux pas. <laughs> Vietnam in the house. Sean Cody or Fawn Oh, it's over. It's over. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> faux gras or faux pas was so good. Who thought of that one? No, we, it was a it. team effort. It's, we all did. Oh, it was foie gras noma yeah. or faux gras faux pas. <laughs> faux gras faux pas. Yeah. So, um... Uh, that was an amazing quoting round, first of all. Thank you. Thank you for, <laughs> for quoting. You, like, we quoffed all of your face. Oh. How does it feel? Oh, I mean, I love, like, I was just saying, like, I've been waiting for so long to be quoffed upon. Now that it's finally happened, I'm just so sad it's over. <laughs> My favorite quote was the, the, what was it? Foga, faux pas? It was foie gras, no ma, or faga. Faux pas. Yeah, so Foga. Foga. If you want to be sorry, Vietnamese. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Foga. Um, obviously, that was a great <laughs> Vietnamese uh, quote. We tried. <laughs> we tried our hardest. Well, you know, I spent a month in Vietnam and I loved it. Mm. And I especially love the Foga. Oh, really? You like the chicken kind, huh? Yeah. I'm a chicken kind of guy. Ew, I'm uh, really white. Oh. <laughs> and rubbery. Okay, yeah. we need to... Um, Speaking s- of white... Uh, why don't you tell us? Uh, Pamela is here with us, yeah. Dan, and you didn't get a chance to yeah. um, sort of describe what what kind of vibe she's giving you. Right. So Pamela is giving me a little bit of a crazy rich Asian right now. <laughs> so Pamela is very light of skinned, despite her Asian heritage, which means she doesn't spend a lot of time in the sun. Either that or she can afford skin whitening cream. So she's very fancy. She's wearing a bejeweled necklace. She's very clean on the inside and out. Um, she has the quintessential Asian bowl cut, which I appreciate. Um, she also has glasses, which means she's very intelligent and very good at math. Um, she smokes cigarettes, so she is probably Vietnamese um, and uh, she's got something else with her I can't quite tell what it is but I'm gonna say that it is a marijuana vaporizer and um, you know what like Pamela's just living her best life she's rebelling against her family she's just like you know what I smoke weed and you're gonna live with it it's legal now dad um, wait so... are you talking about the flask or the or uh... that's a flask oh I couldn't tell it just looked like a weird vaporizer oh I don't know if it was the doucher or the oh no no that's what I meant by she's clean in and out um, <laughs> <laughs> and she's very um, she's very into harps she's musical as most Asians so I've got Pamela the Siamese cat today (laughs) I mean not just today and it's just accidental they did not dress her up in a racist fashion I'm just deciding to describe her this way you get to 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 be theme Pamela's destiny that's the power of being a guest (laughs) we need to let's do some silver linings and plug our shit okay um, yeah. Is anyone prepared for a silver lining? Yeah, I mean, I am. I mean, we didn't discuss about how Hold on, I is made... that on page 13 of your uh, notes? Right, of my notes. I mean, we did not discuss about how I used I love clearness. the pandemonium of this episode. Like, right? my roommate Bobby's just running through with her cider. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and dancing. Because, yeah, we didn't discuss about how I use my queerness to influence positive change. Um, so I'll, I'll do a little bit of... Well, well I did, we didn't follow through that question because you don't like the term queerness. Right, right. So but I thought I, it wasn't appropriate. I think appropriate. I can still um, influence positive change. 
Um, and I think I'll tie them both in. So, for example, at work, I work for a very conservative fi- uh, investment firm. Um, but... Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, no, right. Oh, yeah, um, we have to bleep all Yeah, we'll have to bleep everything. Just cut it all out. <laughs> um, so I work for a very conservative investment firm. And um, over the last couple of years, I've started a sort of like a lunch and learn slash talk show series where oh. I am the host. And, and you've helped me out with this before, Tom, probably not with your knowledge, but... Um, where I interview various guests, very similar to Dick Wick, but in fr- in front of a, a, a room of about 100 investment professionals who are generally very heterosexual, very, and a lot of them are heterosexual men and, and whatever, but uh, I think the audience is really great. So I have this talk show where I bring in and I talk about uh, LGBT racial issues. It's called Talk To Me. Um, and the whole premise of talk to me is to keep a conversation going. I really hate the concept of stifling speech. It really pisses me off when I see like conservative, even if I hate like fucking what's his face, uh, Milo. Uh, that oh yeah, that, right yeah. yeah. But you know what? It pissed me off to find out that there were protesters that that prevented him from speaking, because in my opinion, you know, like the antidote to to fucking shitty speech is more sh- more speech, not not censorship. So in that in that spirit, talk to me is all about keeping the conversation going, especially in a very conservative atmosphere where I'm I'm talking about gay shit. I'm talking about what it's like to come out of the closet, why it's important to be out at work, all this kind of thing. Uh, but in the context of a very heteronormative uh, industry and and f- frankly business. Uh, so, you know, I think that's kind of the silver lining, um, my day to day again, I mean, I didn't do any of that stuff, but again, I just kind of try to espouse the, the good values that I think I have and to try to, to convince people or not even convince them, just to make them think. I like to have a con- continuous conversation, whether we agree or disagree. Um, I think I end up learning a lot from people I disagree with. And I really hope that I can teach things to people who disagree with me. So I really like to keep the conversation going. That's part of why I'm here. So that's the silver lining, is to, to just continue the dialogue. That's amazing. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Tom, are you prepped? Oh, um, yeah, uh, sh- uh, you go. Tom knows that I already prepared mine. <laughs> um, I... Uh, mine's really simple today because I need simple pleasures in my life right now and I FaceTimed my friend who is abroad and has been for about four months now. She's abroad? She's she's abroad don't abroad. Don't talk to her like that. Oh, she's abroad oh, abroad. abroad? Exactly. Um, I'm gonna have more I don't know if I should name her. Um, yeah, you can. It doesn't matter. Okay, so my friend Shay uh, <laughs> has been gone for four months and I spoke to her for an hour and a half today and it's just, it's weird because when you speak to someone who's absent, you realize their absence more than before. So it's kind of a bittersweet silver lining because now I miss her more than I did before we spoke. Um, but I'm just so happy that she's doing what she's doing and I just hope she's having the best time. And again, Shay, when you listen to this, just know that I love you and you're the best. She's you're not a wonderful to this. Girl. I know. She said she's catching up, but <laughs> Shay's a liar. <laughs> I just shamed her in my silver lining. Shay shamed her? Okay, no. Tom, what's yours? Uh, my silver lining is something that I already touched on, I think, with my color, but it's something that I just experienced and had a revelation on and that's community if i i'm very lucky and very privileged in many many ways and the most um the the biggest way is the people that i know i know 
fucking everybody and mm-hmm. they're all amazing and when i need when people need things to happen i have such a huge support system that knows how to rally around me for something mundane or for something way more important and it just like melts my heart that i so much was accomplished in my life uh and, and not not that I even, you know, accomplished it. Is that it was accomplished around me, with me, collaboratively, uh, in the that. last few weeks. I was scared that I wasn't going to survive, and I did because people showed people that I care about show up. And now and, you're stronger. Yeah, and now I'm a little more fearless, which might be a bad thing. Yeah, no, I mean, we're stronger than yesterday. You know, <laughs> you just reminded me that. Thanks, um, Brittany. I need to. I need to change. Not change, but uh, add to my silver lining. I saw Portia's Julius Caesar. Uh, yesterday, Shakespeare in the Rough. Am I allowed to name it? On of course. Here? Yeah. Um, Caitlin Reardon. We, I mean, we've spoke about it uh, last week, but just seeing it was so fucking phenomenal. I don't even understand how this woman wrote half of a Shakespeare play. Then you, it's seamless. Like you can't even yeah. tell when Shakespeare's dialogue ends and when hers begins. And it's yeah. just, it was so exhilarating to watch. And the acting was amazing. And also, Tom, your students killed it at the beginning yeah, the young you. ruffians they, were so fucking good the whole so audience good. was captivated by them yeah. so sorry to keep talking like a fucking no i'm really <laughs> excited thank you for Porsche's julius caesar like it really is i'm so proud to be Everyone part of this company it. it's like you can see it for like another week it, right it's on till labor day monday so you have a week to see it. go out with Row park yeah. um 7 30 p.m until thanks for plugging yeah. my show get so good speaking of plug <laughs> dan can you plug yourself um yeah i mean i, I don't have like a, a proper like i'm not like famous like you guys but i just have a cute <laughs> little instagram uh if you would like to follow me or if you would like to have a look at my slutty feed um it's uh slutty at, feed. yeah it's at dr vog doctor spelled out not dr so at d-o-c-t-o-r-v-o-g um, I'm not a real doctor. I always have to give that caveat in case, like, I get sued. I'm well. Really you are not. Asian, so people would assume they might assume, right? Uh, but I'm not. I'm not a doctor in the least. But yeah, if you'd like to follow me, if you'd like to check me out, please do. Amazing. Also, thanks for spelling doctor because you know most of our listeners are illiterate. Because well, why else would but they be instead of Dr. Vogue, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like, no, I'm just. Yeah. I'm just I just wanted to shame people who support us just one more time. <laughs> follow spam. Ask Dan questions. Yeah, send send me questions. Like seriously, yeah. if you actually have questions, I'm more than happy to answer them. Um, you know, no question is off the table. Is is what I talked to Tom and Elliot about. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I and I realize that you know some people might have differing opinions to me that they might want to educate me about, and and vice versa. I'm very much open to that. Uh, so please, yeah, check me out. And I, um, I just thought, in continuation with theme, I brought Asian pastries. <laughs> um, I went to an Asian bakery on my way here. I got like cute like coconut pastries. These are Chinese, not Vietnamese, so I don't really know what they are to be honest. I'm so excited. Um, so some are melon flavored, and the other ones melon. Are, co- are coconut as every other Asian dessert. Asian pastries or <laughs> pasty Asians? Am I right? Oh, oh. thanks. She is a brain. Sometimes she can think. <laughs> She can think when she slaps. So. <laughs> Thank you, boys. It's and been on a that pleasure. note, let's eat some pastries. Yes. Let's eat some pastries. Let's plug Dickwick. <laughs> Instagram Dickwick. Facebook Do Queer What I Queer. Gmail Do Queer What I Queer at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Tell us you want to be a guest. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you hate. Subscribe, rate, review, follow. Goodbye. You nailed it. Bye. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Dickwick. No. One, two. Ready, go. Queer, I queer.
Yes. Yes.